Welcome to Baseball's Inside Journey, the podcast that helps players and parents grow their baseball knowledge. This is the show that specializes in youth baseball. And now, here's Coach Drew and Eric Powers. We're back. Baseball's Inside Journey. Two cool guys talking sports, right? <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Eric Powers along with Coach Drew. And, uh, man, we got a cool interview. Actually, part two coming up yeah. with uh, our friend Adam Sorensic, who really started this Elevate Sports Academy and uh, mentoring kind of student athletes, right, and leveling up. You talked about leveling up and the importance of yeah, it. Yeah, that's how I first got um introduced to Adam as I actually read his article and I reached out to him because his article was about leveling up and 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 level up meaning having younger players playing with a little bit older players and and what the pros and cons are of doing that very cool we'll talk to him part two of that interview next you want to hear that but first let's get into our new segment called ask coach drew and you can ask him any question you want to and we could use it on the podcast just by going to baseballsinsidejourney.com so they can ask anything right absolutely so i mean that's the that's the most important part of this whole podcast is that we want to give compelling information to amateur athletes and the families so that we can hopefully help uh, along their journey from Little League and into college, right? And so if you have a question that you want answered, please, by all means, uh, reach out to us so that we can we can put that one on the air. Yeah, no doubt. And we want to get into the mental approach when pitching because this is something, uh, you know, my son who's on the team, your son who's on the team, and obviously, you know, a big part of pitching, both boys love to pitch. Your son, you've worked with your son for, for years now, right, on, on pitching. And that's something you do in men's league too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I pitched, uh, I pitched uh, in junior college, and, you know, I still play baseball to this day. I still pitch in a, in a men's league. And uh, Some of the boys came out and watched. We all came out and watched. Yeah, that, that was, was really awesome. Fun. That was we, fun. We love that. So you, not only do you coach it, you play it, yeah. which I let's be honest. We can't say this about most coaches, that they're still in it playing at a competitive level. You know what right. I mean? So from so the, I think this is perfect to talk to you about because um, I want to get right into – the side, kind of the mental side of you calling the pitches for 13U. And I know sometimes that can be controversial. Mm-hmm. Should the catcher learn to to just call the pitches on his own, his or her, whether it's you know softball too, or should it be called from the coach? And I think your answer, I've heard it, and it's I think it's so important for everybody to understand why you call the pitches. Yeah, it's it's very controversial. You're absolutely right. Um and and I don't disagree with the with the coaches and and people that have uh, an issue with it. The issue with of a coach calling the game as opposed to the catcher and the pitcher doing it uh, collaboratively is that, yeah, okay, you're going to throw the right pitch at the right time, and you know, and you're probably going to get more wins out of it and all this stuff. But but the question is, what are you truly teaching these kids about about how to set up a, a hitter and how to pitch to that hitter and how to uh, you know, do those different types of things that you're looking to do in, in those at-bats. And my answer to that and what I try to do as a coach is, yes, I'm calling the pitches, but then I also talk to the pitcher and the catcher about why I called those pitches in those certain situations so that they understand why we did that. And then moving forward, the the intention is to allow them to call uh, call the pitches for an inning and then I'll take the next inning. And so depending on the game, mm-hmm. but, um, but it, that's why it's controversial is because a lot of people feel like, okay, it's just the coach just saying it's about him. It's about winning and it's not about development. And, you know, you know me well enough to know that everything I do is about development 
And I think it's important to lead by uh, example and calling the right pitches and enough time so they can see how I like to set up hitters and how I like to pitch backwards at times so that they understand that this is how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you, you feel like two at this age, correct me if I'm wrong, but when these young pitchers at 13U, and not all, but, but I would say a good chunk of them, are dealing with, you know, really competitive scenario. They got somebody at first base ready to steal. They got somebody in third to steal home. They're dealing with all of this, but still, do they have, do a lot of these guys have the capacity to manage the pitches in those heated scenarios? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because that actually is one of the things that I think calling those pitches does uh, benefit them because I'll be honest with you, there's times when I'm going to call a 3-2 curveball with the bases loaded mm. because I'm weighing out the big picture here. I'm weighing out Does this? how, how much does if he, if he doesn't throw a strike here, which is going to be a challenge, but if he doesn't throw a strike here or get this guy – what what's that? What are the ramifications of that? Does does it lose us the game? Does it lose? A, is it a league game? Is it a tournament game? How important is that game? But big picture wise, for that child to know that he has the ability to throw a three two curveball and drop it in there for a strike, and if he the the upside to him doing that and having success doing that is so immense as compared to what the downside is. With the downside is like, hey, I'll pull him aside. I'm like. Look, I put you in a in a really crappy spot there. I called a three two curveball, the bases loaded. I mean, in, in full count. Um, you know what? That's a that's impossible position that I put you in. And I apologize for doing that, but I didn't want to give in and you know right, give right. them whatever right, totally, you got to give totally. them. But but the upside is so much more tremendous because then when that child is maybe an eighteen year old and and it's it's a state tournament championship game or gosh knows what other yeah. scenario they might yeah. be in he's going to have that confidence to throw that curveball with a 3-2 count with the bases loaded. And you know what? I'm telling you what, in that situation, that hitter is not looking for that. No, 100%. It's getting him to think that way. They have to have the confidence. You have to You have to not only – so they don't have the choice. Right? I'm mm-hmm. calling the game. Right. And if they shake me off yeah, – I know you've heard it before. Yeah. I'm like, don't shake me off. Yeah, yeah. I don't hear <laughs> right. that very much, though, anymore. No. Because they're, they're – they're, you know, they know better. They trust you. They trust and, me. And you're the coach. But but also they trust you. And, and my other question to this, tell me if this is crazy, but you have all the optics. They, you know, who you have in center field, who you have at, you know, short, like you said earlier, are you playing, I don't want to say your secondary pitchers, but, you know, yes, your secondary yeah. pitchers or your star pitchers, they don't, how could they have all that in their yeah. purview? They're right? not able to. They no. don't know. No. Yeah, and, and they shouldn't know. You don't want... I don't want to tell a kid that, hey, you're my number five option. Right, right, right. right. You, know, you, don't, you don't tell a kid that. But they don't matter. know every, all the things that are going on. They don't like so. know. And, and I don't want them to. They, they shouldn't. shouldn't. I just want them to execute the pitch. Yeah. Because if they're they're too young, in my opinion, at 13U, and that might not be the same at 17U or 18U, but at 13U, I just want them to worry about executing the pitch. Right, 100%. Hey, let's get into how to stand out at a tryout. Because I know, you know, we've, we've got part two of our interview coming up with Adam. But how does, you know, because a lot of these teams, they're, they fill up quick. They've got their players. They may only have a couple slots. Like, how does a player stand out in these tryouts? Well, that's a, you're bringing up at the right time, too, because we're going to, it's, it's, you know, we're getting to that type of time of season where, uh, you know, the people's seasons are starting to wind down a little yeah. bit and you're going to have to start looking for maybe a new team or, yep. or you're going to have to try out again in the same, same program you're in. Um, 
and so standing out is a big thing and and Huge. as you get as you start getting higher in the levels you know the competition gets that much more um that much better right yeah, so you you 100%. need to stand out and you know honestly the things that that stand out to a coach is is the intangibles it's it's like you know from the start it's like hey i'm i'm coach drew and you and that that young man looks at me in the eye smiles and and shakes my hand with a firm handshake that means something to me okay that means something and i'm not just saying to me i guarantee from the coaches i've talked to that means something to almost all of them okay Mm -hmm. because it, it just says something about this confidence in himself that he can look at me in the eye he can shake my hand and he can speak clearly and not mumble under his breath and, and all that stuff because that says something about who he is as a young man. Out on the field, the next thing, hustle. I, you know, that, that goes without saying, but you should, you know, there's some things you can, uh, that, you know, you, you may fail at different things. But the one thing you can't, you shouldn't fail at, you can fail at, but you shouldn't fail at is hustle because it doesn't take talent to hustle. Mm-hmm. Good point. Right? Good point. You should be out there hustling and mm-hmm. and body language. Body language is a huge thing, and I know you know we we talk about that, and every I'm sure the listeners have have heard about mm-hmm. body language, mm-hmm. but but poor body language tells a coach that that kid is not sure of himself. It it says that he may be a quitter. It says a lot of things about him. Maybe and maybe they're not all right. But you know what? we have one short opportunity to look at this child. We might be looking at 50 kids in the tryout. And so, yeah, I don't have time to get to know this kid. So it's the first impression, the second impression that I have that I that's going to stick with me as I'm writing my notes. Hey, this kid just booted a ball, but you know what? He didn't he didn't kick dirt and he didn't start looking at somebody else like it was their fault. Yeah. He just he kept his shoulders back and he, you know, kind of ask for another one to be hit to him right and and that's the type of effort and that's the type of attitude that you want to see as a coach there's lots of sunken concrete out there and most of it doesn't need to be replaced i'm bill freeberg my son dave and i own 1866 slabjack we raise sunken concrete if you have a settled sidewalk or uneven driveway don't worry about the high cost of replacement we can simply raise your concrete back to where it should be leaving you a clean level surface our process is quick and easy and a fraction of the cost of replacement give us a call 1-866-SLAB-JACK-SLAB-JACK welcome to baseball's inside journey the podcast that helps players and parents grow their baseball knowledge and now here's coach drew Eric Powell. What's up? We are back to Baseball's Inside Journey with our special guests in part two of our interview with Adam Sorensic and leveling up. Let's get right into it. The assumption that, well, my child's going to improve more because they're playing against better competition, older, higher level competition, right? Well, here that's probably the single biggest misnomer in this whole piece. What they're going to do a lot of times is win games if they're on a really good team and championships and that's going to be fun but are they really getting better as a player and so i'm just going to relate to you a real quick story here that it was ha- happened probably 10 years ago and i tell it often um, because it's it illustrates a very very common point so i was at a college locally here watching two of the best travel ball teams high school travel ball teams in the area okay and there were, I was sitting with five college coaches at various levels that I knew 
from uh, community college through D1, right? Five of them. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, they were all going to get up and go, and I say, hey, guys, just hold on one second. I have to ask you this question, all right, because I already know the answer, but I want to be able <laughs> to tell this story many times over the coming years. And they said, sure, Ed, what, what do you want? And I said, out of the 21 players that played today, all right, nine starters on either team and three subs, how many are you even remotely interested in for your programs? Again, keep in mind, these are high school, senior you know, either going to be seniors or senior graduates um, on a club ball, high level club ball team. All five coaches said the same thing Two, two out of 21. And I said, why is, you know, let me guess the shortstop on this team and the left fielder on that team. They said, absolutely right. The shortstop was the guy that I've been working with since he was nine years old and he already had a scholarship. I was just there because I, you know, supporting my player and just monitoring his development, things like that. So there was like, one of the two guys out of the 21 was even available, good enough and available. And I said, let me ask you this. Um, this is the beginning of the summer. They're going to go and play another 50 or so games the rest of the summer. Um, if you came and watched them at the end of the summer, how many more would you think you would be interested in? And they said, none. And I said, why is that? Knowing the answer, I said, why is that? Because they're not going to get any better. They're not going to go and work on their throwing, fielding, and hitting mechanics. It's going to be exactly the same. Mm. So when I look out, I'm going to see the same player now. They may make fewer mistakes in bunt defense, first and thirds. You know, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the quality of the player and his skills and the quality of the person that I'm watching. And I can see that right now. That's not changing this summer. So, no, I'm, we're not coming back to see this group or these two teams again for the entire summer. We're, we're going to move on. Wow. Amazing. I think there's a lesson there for that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the thing as a 13 U coach, I'm always trying to teach the kids about incremental improvements to their game, where it's not just about the fact you can field and throw the ball and get the guy out at first base, Mm -hmm. but you need to be able to do it correctly so that when a college coach is looking at your professional scout or even a uh, travel ball coach that maybe you're trying to get on that team they need to see that you're doing it the right way so they know they don't have to cover that with you you're you're already a more polished player than maybe the guy next to you and uh, you know trying to teach that at a younger age i think is a pretty important thing and case in point what you just described there and and now i what you just described was a was that a college showcase is that what that was no this was just a a normal travel ball club ball game okay between two teams but this you know in the summer those are the games that you're going to frequently find uh college scouts at because they know they're seeing the best players so these these two clubs i won't you know name them but these are two clubs that have a reputation for having the best players on Hmm, right so they're going to come watch and play and you're absolutely right guys that a cut this is what parents need to know a college scout wants to look out on the field and see this player and just recognize, you know what? That player in his tangibles and intangibles, I could pick and pluck into my program and it would be seamless, mm. right? You, We don't have to reteach. We just have to refine, okay? Mm-hmm. Those mechanics are going to translate to my letter level. He will get better, right? He mm-hmm. will get better. Um, we understand that. But his basic skills are already polished enough and his character as a person is already such that I can plug him in 
to my program right now. And so you're right. When there's, I just wrote an article recently where it was, you know, a three hop ground ball to shortstop. All right. This is different than my book, but it was an article I wrote yesterday. It was after watching uh, multiple teams over a period of two weeks and they got the lead runner at second and the relay to first was too late. <laughs> and what I, the point I was making in the article was sure by the official scorebook, an error was not made. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But from a, person who knows baseball and is looking to recruit a person or to, you know, is this player going to be good enough to play at our level? There were many mistakes in the way that ball was fielded, transferred, thrown, and received at every station. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we see that we know that, but coaches, you know, they're into wins in, in tournaments, you know, championships. So, yeah, yeah, I anyway, can see that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, the I next, think that yeah, go ahead, the thing I was going to ask you, Adam, this is Coach Drew. Um, yeah. You know, with regard to that kind of leveling up, because you do see that a lot, right? Is you, 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 I, you know, certainly at the youth levels, but even up into high school, I, I suppose you do. Probably like a cl- case in point would be like what Bryce Harper years ago. I, you know, the yeah. story was he was 14, but he was so darn good that he was, I think he was playing junior college ball at 16 because he was just uh, a man already, right? So, yeah. um, but those are, but not everybody is a, is a Bryce Harper. And, um, but I think a lot of parents want to think that their son is going to be that. And, uh, and so maybe they're, they're the reason that they, maybe they're pushing their kid up a little bit. But, you know, how can you tell if that's the right choice for your son to, to do right. that? How, how can yeah. you get maybe an opinion that would uh, be unbiased in that sense? That's a great question. Um, and again, let's go back you know, to the whys just for a second, because if you know, you're know you leveling up just to have fun or you know some of these other reasons, well, maybe the, the kind of skills that they're going to get and you know development is not quite as important, all right? But I think we need to take a step back and answer your question this way, Drew. And, um, there are 10, 10 reasons okay, to consider uh, taking a more holistic approach when leveling up a, a player. Okay? And I think we, it would be a disservice not to kind of include all of them in answering your question. All right? mm-hmm. The first, again, keeping in mind, we want to do what's best for the child player. Right. Okay. We want to make sure this is right for them, not just in theory. Right. So number one is, does the child say they want to do this? You know, are they the one who are buying into this or are you kind of pushing the envelope yourself? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two is objectively, how do we judge that? All right. So in my experience over all the you know years that I've done this, there are certain players that just love their sport. I mean, love it. They can't wait to get to practice. They are disappointed when practice is over. They are constantly practicing outside of practice what they learned in practice. Okay. So they are obviously very passionate at a very young age to do the, what they're doing, you know, in their sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is what does the child need? Okay. What does the child need? Um, do they need their self esteem built? They need to learn how to be a better leader. Do they need more time with their friends and 
you know, youth their age to learn social skills, maybe leveling them up is really not what they need most right now in this skill development that we're so anxious to get them. Maybe that's not what they really need. All right. Now, when they level up, number four is they're going to get a lot more details. Okay. This is, this is going to be coaching at a whole different level. They're going to get micromanaged on every move they make if the coaching is what it should be. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be critical, all right, if coaching is done the right way. But, you know, they're going to talk about gripping the ball, you know, transferring the ball, receiving the ball, throwing the ball. It's going to be coached. So you have to look for signs that they're ha- able to handle details, not just in, say, baseball or a sport, but it's school. Because yeah. the, when, the, when the subject matter gets tougher in school, are they able to handle the little details? I, I coached a, la- a, a team last year, a nine-year-old team last year. I went to watch some of those players again this year. And, you know, I was really happy to see that the guys that I coached last year were doing things at, even at 10, even though the coaches aren't asking them to do those same things, they're still doing those things now and showing me that they're ready for a higher level. Things like, okay, the runners at second, pitchers come to a stretch and steps off to, you know, cause the runner to go back at second base. Well, as coaches, we know the batter needs to step out. He needs to step out so that everything can reset, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to allow the pitcher to quick pitch the runner at second base. So the batter's got to step out and reset, right? Well, this batter did that, right? Mm-hmm. And just from last year, from coaching from last year. All right. So this, these kind of little details that you can see a child doing lets you know whether they might be ready for the, the higher level of coaching. All right. What, number five, what comes along with higher level of coaching? Well, more pressure and intensity. And all of a sudden we're playing for medals every weekend and trophies. And <laughs> so can they handle that mentally and emotionally? And not just, you know, do they shrink from it, which a lot of players do. But can they maintain an emotional equilibrium? Are they getting really angry a lot at themselves, throwing their helmet, throwing their bat, or at other players, you know, barking out at their teammates? So that tells you, hmm, you know, maybe we're not quite ready for this. Yes, there's going to be a growth period. We understand. But, you know, maybe maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit here. Can we really handle it? Or after the game, are they just like, if they didn't play well, are they just like crushed to the point of, I don't even know if I want to play tomorrow or the next game or, you know, they just cannot handle failure, mm-hmm. right? They're just not ready to, you know, handle what's going to go along with a higher level. Um, the next one is, is the child an exceptional student athlete? We, we can never forget, and this is all the way through, guys, high school. These are not just athletes. They're student athletes. The most important part of this whole process, we're learning life skills within the game for beyond the game, all right? And that starts with, you know, the things that we're doing in in our sport are supposed to help us in other areas, specifically for youth as students. So let's be sure that this student's, you know, performance at school is not going to suffer. And here's the, the huge assumption that we've got to make sure, the huge error we don't make. Good grades are not by themselves a good indicator of a good student. I have a saying, good grades are like high batting averages. They're meaningless unless three things are in play. Number one, the person had to work really, really hard for those grades. Number two, the standards were very high. And number three, the competition was really tough. 
You know, so it's the same thing with the grades. Just because they're a straight A student doesn't mean that they're a good student. All right, yeah, good you, point. we've got to make sure that that they are are having to work really hard for those grades. The standards are really high, and the competition is really really tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Now, getting to your question specifically, let's let's get some in the last few, you know, things here are dealing with your question. Let's make sure that the child's skills are objectively at the higher level. All right. They're objectively. And, and how do we know this? How is parents? I don't know. I mean, he's better than anybody on his team. Anybody can see that. Or he's one of the best in the league. I mean, I can see that. Well, number one, go and watch practices and games at the higher level before, you know, having your child go there. You might be surprised. Like, yeah, my child is good. I'm not sure he can hit that pitching or yeesh, watching these guys throw the ball from the outfield on one hop to home plate. I'm not sure my son can do that with that mm-hmm. level of proficiency yet. Uh, maybe you can go and practice with the higher level team before you make the commitment. I know when my uh, oldest daughter uh, was playing uh, club soccer, they asked her to um, level up to the the next age group. You know, she was a nine ten, and they wanted to play her with a U twelve team. Well, I had her go practice with them at one practice and see what she, what the coaches thought first of all. And maybe more importantly, what she thought. Well, the coaches were excited. Oh, yeah, she definitely can play with our level. You know what? She said, I am i don't know. I, I don't think I'm ready for it. I just, eh, I think they take it too serious, and I'm not I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. And I was really proud of her because that's, that's huge, that you is, know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then maybe, okay, so maybe those two things are not an option. But maybe go to, everybody can find out who a respected, experienced coach at a higher level or maybe even in your league is. Have them objectively evaluate your child your player and not just in sports skills but athletically you know are they I mean, he may hit the ball really well right now but you know are we living off the benefits of the three or four hundred dollar aluminum bat or is this <laughs> going to translate when the skills and the pitching get really really good mm-hmm. and again emotionally you yeah. know uh, is do i think what i see you know because coaches have been doing this for a long time we can recognize whether you know whether the complete package, both tangibles and intangibles, are there. Okay. Um, another factor, too, guys, is really take an objective look uh, about the marriage and the family unit that's going on, and whether it's really going to be okay for everyone. I mean, club ball. Oh my word! People say, "Well, we know it's three or four thousand dollars." No, it's not. It's a lot more than that because you've got travel expenses, yeah. lodging expenses, mm-hmm. expenses for the whole. You know, other family members, you know, by the way, they're not just sitting at home either. They've got other things going on in their life. Um, so can we really handle this from a family point of view? What kind of stress is going to be put on our family? Uh, and is it really worth it? And, oh, my word, the whole nutrition piece when you get going and going and going uh, is, a, is a real nightmare for, for everybody. Okay. Hmm. Um, number nine is for older players. What you need to do is make a year-round schedule, a year-round schedule for the player to be a balanced person. Time to train to be a better athlete, um, time to be, you know, uh, to, to get better as a player away from games. Um, you know, time to be a kid, <laughs> right, yeah. and, and not have anything on my, in my mm-hmm. life and schedule. Um, time to rest and let the body recover. 
um, time to have a job or do chores. Okay, and by the yeah. way, taking out the trash is not a is not a, <laughs> a, a chore. It's it's a favor, <laughs> right? To do volunteer work, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, you know, whether to be a multi-sport athlete is, is a subject for a whole other podcast. Yeah. But like I say, just be really careful when you're playing two sports at one time. Um, and to make sure that you're budgeting part of every year to become a better athlete, not just a better player, because the, the best athletes be- have the potential to become the best players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole nutrition piece, guys, is huge. All right. Older players should keep a food journal. They should keep track of everything that goes in their mouth and why it goes in the mouth. And then the whole rest and sleep piece, you know, a workout is only as good as what the player can recover from. Um, just a quick tip to your audience here. Um, learn the benefits of smoothies. Everybody's into, mm-hmm. you know, sandwiches, you know, ham and cheese or a pizza or something. You know what, guys? A fruit smoothie with some whey protein and some athletic greens in it is about as healthy a meal and as easy a meal for a player to eat during the game, before a game, after the game. And they all love them. You don't taste the whey to- protein. You don't taste the athletic greens or whatever the yeah. vegetable substitute is. You just taste the fruit, the mm-hmm. fruit in there, you know. And then finally, guys, I think we're going to make it here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Number 10 is when the coaching is elite, okay, the the factor is, and this really goes to what you were asking about, Drew, uh, before about so how do we know that leveling up is going to be the right thing from a skill point of view? All right, so three things, guys. Um, Coaches need to understand that they've got a heart development project. They've got a person to develop an athlete to develop, and a player to develop. And the most important thing, first of all, is the person. All great coaches understand we coach people, not sports. It's the quality of the person, not the player, that's the most significant outcome, all right? The communications that we receive as coaches years later from players, they don't mention wins or championships. They only state why the coach made them a better person. Mm -hmm. So What are you looking for? Do they regularly discuss the lessons in baseball, how they will help the players to be better sons, brothers, fathers, husbands, students, employees, leaders, whatever? Okay, like I say, lessons within the game for beyond the game. Do they discuss quotes? Um, Do they role play? Do they have guest speakers to talk about how this sport helped them be better at what they do outside of the sport? Okay. Number two, athlete. They've got to develop an athlete. doesn't matter what sport we're playing. These kids are going to play multiple sports. And if they're going to be good at multiple sports and have the potential to be great players, they have to become great athletes. Well, how do we know that? All right. Well, okay. So you can, at a very base level, become familiar with mobility, stability, flexibility, strength, speed, agility, quickness, balance, all these basics. And you can look out at just some very basic things. Watch the team warm up. If the coaches are having the players run to a foul pole or to a tree and back to warm up, you don't want to join that team, all right? right? If they don't have a dynamic movement routine, and in baseball, a shoulder integrity routine with J-bands and, and whatever, to work on all of these things that I mentioned, mobility, stability, flexibility, et cetera, then you don't want that coach, okay? Yeah, they I need to that. understand the importance, both from a player development and a health point of view okay Mm -hmm. and the other thing is do the coaches teach these things at the same with the same detail and the same level of commitment that they're teaching the baseball skills i watched high school games the other day the coaches don't even bother to go out 
to watch the dynamic movement routines. There's no right. coaching on there. They're just assuming that the players are going to do them and do them right. Yeah. Maybe the coaches don't know what to teach in these things, but they know that they're a good idea. But um, they're they're not out there teaching. They're out field prepping or talking to other coaches or just for whatever reason not around. And then finally, you know, how do we understand what good skills are? Okay, um, how are how are we going to determine? objectively what should be taught you know how to throw field receive transfer hit a baseball okay Mm -hmm. the first thing is are they teaching those things a lot or are they just teaching how to play to win games and championships right how to um you know they spend a lot of time on first and thirds but defenses etc but do they really get into the minutia of the game and teach good basic skills maybe not all of it at once okay you know we're going to progress along we're going to chase one rabbit at a a time Mm -hmm. but we're going to get into making the player a better player and then do they teach using more than auditory cues okay i have a saying that telling is not teaching right okay we need to have visual and kinesthetic cues um how much time playing time will the player receive all right no good going and playing on this team if they're not going to play very much Mm -hmm. or maybe they're going to play too much as a pitcher and especially if we're going to have him play on more than one team, this is really common at the higher levels in high school. He's going to pitch during the week for his high school team. He's going to go and pitch on the weekend in a tournament team, mm-hmm. on a travel ball team. Time out here. And are they really counting the pitches in the bullpen in addition to the pitches in the game? The arm doesn't know any different. Well, okay, and, who's, so we and are the coaches are the coaches communicating with one another, right? you got a high school coach yeah, and a travel ball exactly. coach. Are they communicating to know that he pitched five innings on Thursday and now you're going to plan on starting him on Saturday and go seven innings? Yeah. Yeah, those, exactly. are important, those are important things as well. Yeah, and what about the conflicting messages that may they be receiving from the parents who think they, you know, I play college ball, so I know how to throw <laughs> a field and hit a ball. Yeah. And then the coach, and then, oh, by the way, different coaches, you know, this is, the, again, podcast for another day, what leads yeah. to do on getting on the same page. But, all right, so what are good and bad sources? Um, we'll end on this. Bad sources, guys, whatever you find, on the uh, you know on YouTube, just generally, there's more misinformation about baseball than any other sport. It's just mm. bad, really, really bad. Don't do not go onto YouTube and and rely on anything there. I'm not saying it's all bad, but it can really take you down the wrong rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Good sources. The ABCA um, has videos. It doesn't cost very much to join. They have fantastic barnstormer clinics and an archive of videos. Um, they have great information. Coaches Insider. Um, same thing. They have 10 minute clinics that they send out every week on all the different phases of the game. And that's where you actually saw my article. It hasn't been published yet. The oh, one that you referred to got it. in, uh, okay. in inside pitch, they, they will in the future, but it was actually in coaches insider. That's an, uh, another great one. If you're an infielder, um, and just want basic throwing information, Nate Trotsky, T R O S K Y. Everybody knows him. He's the leading mm-hmm. infield coach in the country pitching, uh, and, um, conditioning eric cressy ericcressy.com or in your area guys driveline they mm-hmm. know what they're talking about when it comes to pitching and throwing and you know physical conditioning there's a lot of good information there keep in mind guys that some of these places i'm not going to specify you know those two or others but keep in mind when you go to these places they are a business they like to sell you their programs they like to sell you the, the equipment they they um they sell uh, same thing with club ball and travel ball these are businesses first. They're going to tell you what you want to hear to have you pay the thousands of dollars to support the business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just be very, very careful there. I have a website, coachingchampionsforlife.com. There's a hot stove page in there. Um, 
what you're going to get out of my sources, whether it's my website or my books, are um, a lot of good information on coaching methodology that translates all sports, not just baseball. I write a lot about coaching methodology, the person, the athlete, and the player. So that's the title of my first book, Coaching Champions for Life, The Process of Mentoring the Person, Athlete, and Player. It has a companion book of quotes called Takeaway Quotes for Coaching Champions for Life. And then on the coaching-parent relationship, um, I wrote a book called The Ground Ball, The Shortstop, How and Why Coaches See Their Game Differently Than Anyone Else. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, People send me uh, videos of their sons um, uh, throwing, fielding, pitching, hitting on the using the OnForm app. Um, it's a great app on form, and okay. they send it to my email, acerancic.gmail.com, and they're free. My books, if you if you can't afford my books, I'm not, it's not about selling my books. I just want the information out there. I'm happy to send you copies. No, no problem. Thanks, cool. guys. Appreciate hey. it. Take care. Thanks, Adam. You have a good this one. This has been a production of Baseball's Inside Journey, LLC. This podcast does not constitute advice or services and is primarily designed for educational purposes only. We encourage your feedback and topic ideas at facebook.com slash podcast dot baseball.